0: Welcome to "Turns Out She's Psychic," the podcast: spiritual musings, sometimes
1: amusing. I'm Tracy, and I'm Laura.
0: Welcome, dear listeners. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Laura. We have. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm excited. You're good. Yeah, because I'm it's not just very excited. Yeah, it's not just you and me. We have another wonderful guest. Uh, you know her a little bit better because you've been seeing her for a while, um, mm-hmm. but no one else does. We have Mel, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and where she lives. That sounds so
1: mysterious. But welcome, <laughs> Mel. Hi. Hi, Mel. How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very yeah. good. Yeah. You're nervous you. though. I am a little nervous, yeah. And that's pretty standard. It's, um, you that's know, fair. Laura and I are big celebrities, so I can't blame you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just saw me screw up the beginning. I don't know how many times. <laughs> well, I have a little surprise for you. Um, that I wanted to start off this with before we get into the episode just to give everybody all of our listeners a bit of an idea of why you're on the podcast why I asked you to come on um, which is for many different reasons but why you're in our lives and why I'm in your life Um, and that started exactly one year and three days ago on the 13th of November when you sent an email wow Can I read that email <laughs> yes please go oh for it Oh my goodness hi Tracy I am really interested in registering for some mentoring with you please in our phone session you mentioned that you have a mentoring course opening in Feb 2021 and suggested I opt for the advanced one I am wondering if I can jump on a wait list in case it books out crazy fast which I'm sure it will in the meantime, I have been working on myself and listening to your podcasts, detailing each different Claire ability. Thank you for all that you do. I feel so safe knowing that I am not friggin' crazy and that I can work on my abilities and learn more about them with you. Also, side note, if you ever wish to do a podcast on our old jail, I would be happy to send you a heap of info and photos and stories. I learned so much from each episode. It's an amazing feeling to know so many people share these abilities in some shape or form. Thanks again. Warm regards, Mel. Oh,
2: my gosh. That makes me a bit emotional, actually.
1: That's a (laughs) whole year and three days ago. When I looked at the date, I went, wow, this is the, it's like a full year ago. And so I'm really excited uh, to, to, um, to open our listeners and Laura up to your amazingness and how I can't wait to hear how your life in one year since you wrote that email has changed, um, and and all the in between journey because it's I feel so privileged and humbled to have been on the ride and to have been someone who you know held the light up for you along the way, um, but ultimately everyone that comes to work with me. It's them that's doing the work and you know that better than anyone. Um, So thank you for saying yes and for being brave and for coming on. Um, And as mentioned in Mel's original email, um, she does live in a jail. And so you're (laughs) going to have to listen to this week's Turns Out It's Haunted episode. Actually, next week's Turns Out It's Haunted episode. Um, to find out all about um, the jail that Mel lives in, we're going to touch on a little bit of it today. But we've got its own special um, tribute show that's going to appear, and turns out it's haunted. So, Mel, I would like you to start off by just telling us who you are, where you're from, um, and then go on to please tell us about the Mel before. Turns out she's psychic, and before Zenith.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm Mel. I'm a mother. I have three beautiful children and a husband, and we live in a really old uh, prison, which is located in Mount Gambier. And Mount Gambier is right down the bottom of South Australia. We're about halfway in between Melbourne and Adelaide, and we're sort of right on the Victorian border down here. So, um... Yeah, we live in an old prison and we converted it into accommodation and we do functions, events and live music shows and all sorts of different things down here. Um, But the Mel before I sent that email um, was probably still quite in survivor mode, if I'm honest. Um, The first three decades of my life were pretty turbulent and pretty chaotic um, and basically set up a heap of survival programming uh, within me. So um, there was lots going on. Um, and while that was all happening, I do remember that I had like a really strong self-awareness of um, self. Um, for me, that was like, that I was being watched constantly, that there was this protection around me, that even though all this stuff was happening to me, um, that everything was going to be uh, totally okay. And that, that uh, faith, I think, helped me get through 30 years um, but honestly I spent a lot of that time trying to outrun my past and um, it wasn't until I, my first marriage broke down and I returned to my hometown which is Mount Gambia, uh, with my child that I really started to focus on who I was, um, who I wanted to become as a parent and started to basically take some accountability for where I was at. Mm.
1: And so, when you reached out to that for that email, it was after what you and I had had a one-on-one session uh, where right. we were able to just meet and chat and talk about you and and the place that you live in. Um, when you when you decided that you wanted to sign up for mentoring, um, because I know that what you got is not what you expected. <laughs> no, um, but tell us about what you expected and then what you got.
2: Um. I I was looking for a teacher, honestly, for a little while. Um, I could feel like there were some things that I really needed to start addressing, and I knew that um, I didn't have it within me to really dig deep into it and work it out. Um, And I remember having a reading with you to to sort of ascertain as to whether you were the one. Um, And (laughs) I remember... I love that. um, (laughs) Like an audition. (laughs) And I I just... I remember you, um, like for for people that do readings on me, obviously living in a prison, it's really hard to get your head around where I am, what's going on, and I remember very, very quickly in a nutshell you sort of worked it all out and what I found really interesting was that I thought that I was coming to you um, and I was entertaining doing Zenith to work on my psychic ability, which we did a little bit, but in that initial first reading you just went straight to other stuff. Stuff that was really important for me to um, start shifting and moving, but I wasn't really wanting to go that in that direction. So um, after that hour, I was like, okay, the the way that you spoke, you're no bullshit. Um, attitude me?
1: No
2: <laughs> you know that real directness and it's in okay this is what you need this is what you're telling me you need but this is what I know you need um and that was really attractive to me because it was just like okay this is what's happening we're doing it so as soon as that one that hour call had finished I just knew okay that that Zenith was the the next step for me to go mm-hmm. mm.
1: and so what did you get in Zenith um, I remember being
2: really, really excited about it and really, really nervous, um, but thinking very clearly that it was going to be all about my psychic ability and it was going to be how I could work out what was happening and uh, what my abilities were and how I could work with them. Um, but that didn't happen at all. And it was the very first session that we had that I realised that that was not going to be how this rolled. And it was ended up being all about my trauma and who I was and and my um, perception of my stories and myself and where I placed myself in those. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I went down this huge rabbit hole of exploration that I never, never would have expected at all. (laughs) What
0: about, Tracy for our listeners that are going, what the hell is Zenith? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So Zenith is um, kind of like my highest tier, I guess, offering, which is, um, 10 weeks, once a week, um, mentoring for just over an hour. And, uh, in that I meet people where they're at and what Mel's talking about in terms of, you know, wanting to develop psychic abilities and understand them a little bit more. Um, Mel, I was going to ask you, but I can answer it or you can answer it if you want, but, um, th- there is a process. So, there are people like Mel who identifies um, and identified back then with having some kind of ability or something going on. And one of the the hardest things to do as a teacher is to um, help people trust me when I say that we need to sort out the human element to the situation that's going on for the spiritual relationship to function the way that it can and the way that it should. And to develop your psychic abilities at that point is where I want to teach people from. I don't, I'm don't. i not really interested in developing psychic abilities, especially at the level Mel's at um, and the other people that come through Zenith. I'm really not interested in teaching those people at the level that they come in at. I'm interested in teaching people who have got all their alignment together and then let's go. And what happens is, and Mel, like I don't really want to put words in your mouth, but did you find, and I, I know the answer, but did you find and how did you find your self-awareness and your relationship with your spiritual team? How did you find that um, transition or transform and evolve as you journeyed along Zenith?
2: I think um I think initially I was a bit confused as to what I wanted and what I was getting, but it settled really quickly and um the the I mean, I was drawn to you because I had all this psychic stuff happening and spiritual stuff happening I didn't really know how to control and I didn't know what was going on. But then as soon as I sat with you and you started pulling things apart, I realised that they're not disconnected. They're all, like you were just saying, it's all uh, you have to be in a certain alignment to understand what's going on and have a clearer idea of of what's going on. And if you're not in that alignment, it's all around you and happening. Yes. Happening to you, and so as soon as I was able to be in that um, sense of calm and start journeying with you, it all started to settle, settle down, and then mm. it was just like a calmness. It, it was just a quietness, and then I was able to start working on different bits and pieces. Um, but I found in Zenith that we went deep really, really quickly, and and those ten weeks flew past like it felt like Zenith was over in a moment. I actually remember at the end of it being so distraught and upset that (laughs) it was over and that I was going to have to continue on without them. You know, it it was just, it was such an incredible experience.
1: It is amazing. Like that's probably the number one thing that most people will say at the very get go is I cannot believe where I started and it's only been 10 weeks and where I am today. It's just, "Has it really only been 10 weeks? How is that possible? Because we pretty much like go through um like you said we we get deep really 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 quickly um it is it's it's intense really quick because divine time right Mm -hmm. like i respect divine time i've got probably in total about 15 hours of your time to get you from here to where i can seize for the path of your highest good i have to establish trust i have to push you all through that point in the first session and the second session where you're just like, fuck, this is not what I signed up for. (laughs) But at the same time, give you guys a win so you know that, hang on a minute, this actually feels really good and I need more. And then each week, it's pretty much the same. Break your part or we break your part. And really dig deep, we aggravate, we we assault, we get aggressive, we do all of those things in there, but then we build it back out again. And by the end of it, you've gone through the ringer. So after each session, like how did you feel after each session?
2: Like that. Like I've just <laughs> been put through this whole strain, like just like you had come out of the ringer, like you just said, like it's you feel on such a high at the end of it, but then when you start realizing what you went through, it's it's actually huge. But, mm-hmm. like I, um, because of the way I grew up and and my experiences, I've had quite a lot of different therapy throughout my life. Um, so I had this idea of or expectation of how it was going to roll and what I would get from it. And um, it was nothing like that. I, I think for me, um, on reflection, like because you have that innate um, capability of like connecting with the spiritual, it was probably one of the first times I actually could um, take all of my masks of protection off, if that makes sense, because there's no point. I learned really quickly that you, I, I can't bullshit you, <laughs> and, and I couldn't bullshit myself. Like you're talking to a psychic who's talking to all of your spirit guides. And so like there were times where, not that I would intentionally try to Um, bullshit you. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of times I was bullshitting myself. So Mm -hmm. I I would be looking at you in zoom, knowing by your face that you weren't buying any of it. I love that face. (laughs) You come to know it very, very quickly, don't you? (laughs) Um, But, you know, and that like, initially, that was really quite um, hard for me to get my head around and very, very challenging. But as soon as I understood it, and I understood that Tracy could get me through it really safely and with respect, it gave me this whole freedom of really getting to what was underneath those masks. Like what was I hiding and and why was I hiding it? And it just allowed me this whole different level of, of um, connection to self and understanding and expansion. And yeah, it was, and once you realize that it's, every week you just you can't wait for your next one because you just don't know where it's going to go you don't know what's going to happen but it's all good and it um you always feel amazing at the end of it so very different to anything I've ever experienced before I'd have to say
1: and so with the stuff that you uncovered are you okay if we go a little if I poke a little bit oh in yeah. yeah 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 go for it definitely <laughs> so you and I know that you and you just said it, um, that you've spent many times sitting across from someone in therapy. Yep. Um, and there are things that um, a lot of our listeners share with you and with me in terms of the traumas that we've yep. experienced. Um what do you think the difference was this time with being able to, um, and please, you know, I don't, I don't want to put out the trauma. I'd rather you talk about it and, and let go what you want to let go. But yeah. um, in terms of like traditional or mainstream, um, like I know with myself, with my traumas, I spent the better part of 12 years in therapy and, I learned um, what happened to me, I learned why it happened to me, how it happened to me, why someone did it to me, what, why I was behaving the way that I was behaving because of it, and then how to manage and treat the symptoms of my behavior and, and the processes. But um, I still never felt healed. So I don't know if you feel the same, but I'd, I'd really be interested in your words because you are such an amazing wordsmith um, and writer, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I'd love to hear about y- how you would articulate um, your trauma and how this process with Zenith that we went through with you actually caused and allowed healing once and for all.
2: Um I think um like I've had so many amazing healers that have that I've worked with throughout my life, and like each one of them have given me knowledge and wisdom and and I'm I'm grateful for all of it. They've all helped me in their own little way. But uh, Zenith's a totally different, unique opportunity where um, I I guess before I've always had that strong sense of faith as to whether uh, to understanding in myself that I was going to be okay and there was a bigger purpose for all of this and, and the traumas that I had experienced or that were happening around me were for a greater purpose in some level. Um, and dealing with other therapists, they always touched on that and, and I was taught different behaviours and I was taught, like you say, how to pull it apart and, and not take it so personally. But like you, I, I did never felt completely healed by it. There was always something that was stopping me. I couldn't, and for me personally, it was the relationship that I had with my mother and father. Um, everything else I could sort of put where it had to be, but those two relationships were extremely hard for me to not take personally and to not um, feel like there was something about me that triggered that. So my father died extremely young and my mother had, had met very big issues with addiction and disassociation and wasn't very maternal at all. So I guess by the time I got to you, um, I understood that they were their own people and they had their own lessons and they had their own things that were going on, but I still had – my sense of self very interwoven into what they were able to do and how they were able to parent. And I just couldn't, you could probably tell me this probably better than I do myself, but I I couldn't um, pull those two apart. I still felt a very strong sense of um, that I was how they acted and there was a reason because of it. But um, at the end of Zenith, which I would never have expected, but after those 10 weeks with you in Zenith, I managed to completely transform my relationship with both of my parents and both my parents are uh, no longer living so which sounds insane that i was able to do that but i was um and because of that i was actually able to transform how i respond to myself to triggers that come from those traumas um and that was what completely transformed me so far because once i could do that then any other triggers I was getting from anywhere else um, I could deal with in real time and I could start to understand my awareness that they weren't about me and that is totally um, liberating for someone who's lived the way that I had. Um, it sounds probably sounds a little bit woo-woo but it was absolutely <laughs> life-changing. Um, I still have people in my life like that are really close to me comment um, that they just cannot believe how intrinsically different I operate and I am, um, and how much gentler and more loving I come across since doing Xenon. Yeah, it's it's, really, it's It's quite amazing, um, and I think um, that transformation. I know that transformation helped me now um, to travel differently. Like I carry very little fear um, because that survival mode for me is is over. You know, it's um, I, I now can live if that makes any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember two things that you just, what you were saying just reminded me in your journey um, that when we first started out, you know, you identified as someone as having like anger management issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And it's really interesting to see how over the time that we spent together and now how that has evolved and um, to, be, to be someone who, lives with that as a defense mechanism. And then all of the, you know, tumultuous relationships and, um you know, s- environments that that affects um, to now not have to worry about that must be liberating. But then also I remember so clearly in your eight-week session when you finally had vibrated to the point where I knew it was time to go in on the mom situation Ooh. and you came with the mom, and you were like, I do not understand how we're going to unpack this when we only have two more sessions left. I don't know how we're going to do it. This has been the bank, this is the root of it all and we're only getting to it in week eight with two weeks left. Do you remember what we spoke about that day?
2: Uh, Was it the part about being significant?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. But also that what happens in a week, Mel?
2: Oh, like amazing it's amazing how fast things can fall into place and how um aha moments can actually be cemented if that makes any sense
1: yeah and this is because the universe doesn't doesn't give us a lag time it doesn't punish us and neither does our spirit if we learn something on a spiritual level and we evolve the trigger ceases to exist
2: yeah right. and that's what
1: you were doing and i you know Zenith, I love to talk about Zenith as its own situation and even taking me out of it because I'm really just the facilitator of the situation. But um, Zenith is one of those things that um, you kind of like put something in the oven raw and it comes out perfectly deliciously cooked and you just don't know what magic happens inside that oven but something happens
2: yeah it's Um, really hard to explain to people when people say what happened or how (laughs) I I don't really have the words for it and I've even in preparation for this podcast I went back and had a look at all my notes and I tried to watch some of my videos which I could not (laughs) re-watch um you know, I was trying to get a feel of like, who was I before? And what was that massive change? And to be honest, I still don't really have it all in words. Like, it's just, it's such an energetic feeling. And it's just such, I I don't know if I have the words for it yet. But it's, um, I know, I remember being in session eight and freaking out that we hadn't touched on my mum and she was such a catalyst for me and I just couldn't understand how we could, as you say, unpack it in such a small amount of time because in my mind she was the, the, the big obstacle for me to be who I truly was. And one session and it was done. <laughs> and, and, like, that's, that's really crazy to say, but it, it one session and, and my perception and understanding around my relationship with mum was totally clarified and different transformed
1: and hold it so it serves you
2: yeah yep
1: and it's not easy no obviously no and you guys you guys as the mentees you're doing all the work and it's hard you got to be honest and you got to be raw but the thing is though that that's the deal that you and I made yeah that's right done you know if someone says I want to heal or I want to do this then I'm like okay Lara's like Yep. It's like, which is the quickest way to the solution? And then how do I, how do I get this person to, to walk the walk and want to do this? Yeah. um, And it, it really is available to everyone, would you say?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like uh, for me, I had put off um, dealing with that trauma or or jumping into that because of the fear of what that would entail, how it would feel Um, what would happen to me while I was going through it. And there was always a fear of if I open that box, how do I shut it? Um, Will it ever be able to be shut? How will my behaviour change? How will that affect my relationship? You know, um, but I had no idea working with someone like you that has such a safe container that how quickly it could be opened and and, and could be shut. I, I feel like I'm not explaining it very well, but the fear of actually going into it, was a lot scarier than actually doing the work.
1: Yep.
2: A hundred percent. Like there was hard,
1: but it doesn't make you want to jump out.
2: No, it's emotional. It you're all over the place. It's you know, it 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 is, you do feel like you're in the ringer, but you always end up in such a positive place at the end. And you can see such quick results, or in my case, such amazingly fast results. um, that it was well worth it every time. Yeah. And it sticks. What's the good thing about it? Well, it's It's been a a year, almost a year, and it's stuck. Yeah, it's nothing. And I think that a lot of people, honestly, in my family uh, have seen me go through different therapies and different things and and probably thought, oh, yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, But the comments I get are that I can't believe it's been such a transformation for me still, that my life is different, my perception is different. How I treat people is different, how I treat myself most importantly is completely different. Um, so that's saying something.
1: And so you before we even met, you know, you you were a fairly intuitive person um, and you have some mediumistic abilities. Um tell us like before, before Zenith, sort of what's that been like for you over the years? What's your what's your experience in this world? Yep.
2: Um, I always felt like I was really different. Like I always felt like I talked earlier that I was being watched, which sounds creepy, but I just always had this sense that um, someone was observing me and that I was really divinely protective and I'm not a religious um, person at all. I just always knew that I had uh, quite a high intuition. Uh, that intuition has saved me quite a few times when I've been in precarious situations and, um, I've always loved cemeteries, I loved old spooky things, like I had a really strong sense um, of regard and respect for death and that beauty of that passage. I just I just always was a little bit kooky and on the fringe, so to speak. Like I just always felt like I felt like life was different for me. Um, The first time that I recognized a spirit was I was about 14 years old, and it was my father, and he died when I was younger. And I remember having a conversation with my mother and my maternal grandmother uh, after that, and both of them uh, confiding in me that they've also seen him and that it wasn't a big deal, and they didn't talk about it like it was anything special, but we never talked about it again. Like it was just something that that just happens sort of thing. So I didn't – I was never scared of feeling different. I just knew that not everyone felt the way I did. Um, And then – I tried to run away from my hometown as fast as I could. I think most kids do. And when I moved into state up to the UA into this little town called Mandurah, I was having a really tough time, and I think that's where my spiritual journey really started to kick in. I just um, found the right shops, found the right books, you know, found the right people, and it sort of continued from there. I remember um, feeling really attached to Wicca for a while, um, it was sort of like something that I felt I could understand, and like that people around me felt the sort of the same way. But every time I was um, invited into a coven, I had this strong sense of that is not what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go, and I was just better off on my own. Um, so, yeah, I just always like I, I was aware that um, psychics, that I had psychic ability. I often knew when things were about to happen like silly things like a phone call coming in or you know someone dropping around I always oh. knew when a partner was about to cheat on me um just stuff <laughs> like <dandy>. that <laughs> yeah. um it didn't mean I could do anything about it I just knew mm-hmm. after the fact but um and anytime I would like a medium or I'd get a reading they would always say you could be doing what I'm doing but I had no idea what that meant, how I would even go about that, if I wanted to do anything like that. Um, so that had always happened. And, but then when we moved into the old jail, things just ramped up considerably. Um, yeah, things sort of went a bit haywire after that.
1: Mm. A bit loud. <laughs> Very loud.
2: And um, I guess when beforehand I could sort of, when, when intuition pops up, you can sort of... um dumb it down and say oh you know everyone feels like that or i don't know but when we lived here and things started happening um you know lights would just pop off all at the same time fire alarms would just be going nonstop you turn them off they'd go again you turn them off you know only in one particular room um doors would lock all these different things would happen i started seeing spirit a lot more you just sort of i couldn't pretend anymore that it was just a run-of-the-mill thing. Like I had to start addressing that maybe I need to do something about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And your husband, he how 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 does he um deal?
2: <laughs> he deals really well, I must admit. He's not really uh he's not really into the whole spiritual thing. Like he um didn't really believe in ghosts until we moved to the old jail and then he experienced some of the stuff himself. Um, he finds it a frustration, but he just he goes with it. Thankfully, which has made it a lot easier for me living here.
1: Mm-hmm. And so now, um, like if we think about now, what does what does your because with Zenith, but a lot of anything that I do with anyone really, it's about understanding that you've got your own sacred relationship with spirit. Um, and so, what, um, how would you describe your relationship now? with spirit and what your spiritual practices look like and kind of um, have you kind do you think that you've come into your own for now when it comes to spirituality? Um, I would call myself
2: a little baby beginner when it comes to my psychic abilities and spirituality. I still, um, I don't understand all that I can do, but the difference that Zenith has um, made in my life is that it's just given me so much clarity. Um, on the fact, as you always say, that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, and at the moment for me, that human experience is a little bit more um, of a priority than the, than the spiritual. But um, but saying that, since Zenith, I now really understand. Um, I'm, a, I'm more aware, I would say, of my abilities, and I'm actually more understanding of how I use them on a day-to-day basis and how much they actually can be really helpful to me, whereas before I used to see them as a bit of a hindrance and not really understand it. But, um, yeah, now it's completely different. I have daily rituals where I um, connect and practice my skills and that really helps me to um, clear my energy and um Seek guidance from my higher self instead of sitting down and trying to come up with all the answers myself. So, little tiny things that I do now um, really set up that rest of my day and help me in all other aspects of my life, like running the business and even parenting. Like, it's just provided a much clearer um, understanding, I think, of, of what I can do, what I can use them for, um, and where they are. They, I don't feel like they have control of me anymore. It's it's me that sets those boundaries. And I didn't even know that you needed to have boundaries until I met you. <laughs> I just was like you were talking to me and I'd be like, Oh, yeah, this happens and this happens all the time. And I was just at the mercy of of it all, living in a hundred fifty-five-year-old jail full of spirit. Like it was wow, yeah, it oh was no goodness. wonder I was starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed. And yeah. Um, and as I learned through Zenith with Trace, is that the more I ignored them, the louder they were becoming um, to get my attention. So it was almost like when I finally gave them that attention and and sorted it out with them, it it just all went really quiet. I remember saying to you once, Tracy, it's all just gone so quiet. And you're like, yeah, that's like the way it should be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And also when, you know, when, when, you know, like I, I'm pretty sure listeners, but I think, Mel, you definitely would have heard me say that um, people find, you know, the light of the podcast or my website or my book or whatever, they'll find a light, whether it's me or somebody other in the spiritual world industry. But um, it, you you think that you have come here. You, you're you the one who listened to the podcast. You're the one who sent the email. But really it was pressure from the spiritual Realm and your spiritual team that got you here, and sometimes that includes ghosts
2: or spirits.
1: Absolutely,
2: yeah, Mm. 100%. I remember finding your podcast somehow. Um, turns out she's psychic, and I just remember walking every morning and it just being this beacon of light of listening to the two of you speak about things that no one ever spoke about, and I just remember. It re- relating to it so much and like waiting every wednesday for that next one to drop to see what you were going to unpack today and it would just made me feel so supported and seen and heard and not crazy and um yeah it was i just put as many people as i could onto it and it's like you've got you've got to listen to these ladies but it was uh, when i was trying to think about it this morning how did i find your podcast i have no idea i was definitely <laughs> um taken to it you know definitely a divine coincidence I think.
0: We hear that all the time. Wow. I don't know how I just stumbled
2: across it. Yeah exactly what happened and then it became a bit of a life life support so thank you both. <laughs> so welcome makes it all the worthwhile
1: hearing that. Um, Laura do you have any questions for Mel that you've been waiting for me to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> no not at all.
0: Um, No just reflecting back on your story and how you were you know a little bit devastated initially it took eight sessions before you got to what you thought was the root of the problem but you had been doing all that work leading up to it for eight weeks it
2: wasn't like you could have started there yeah exactly and like when I was looking over on my zoom um notes yesterday and the day before It's really funny because if someone asks me what's the one thing, is there one takeaway from Zenith that, you know, is like the game changer or the one nugget, and the nugget for me would be that Tracy taught me how to um, flip my perspective, which sounds so simple when I say that. Doesn't it? (laughs) So simple. But the reality of, of being able to flip your perspective in any situation in real time is such an incredible gift and skill to have like it's really changed everything everything um and the me.
1: lens the lens that you look through in the perspective that I give you when I flip it is a spiritual being having a human experience lens every time and that's why it lasts
2: yeah yeah and I feel like um as a, a kid who grew up you know the way I did surrounded by trauma and, and lots of chaos and stuff um the world for me as I grew up was really black and white there was no grey, and and doing Zenith and um, learning from you, you've taught me that the, you know everything's grey. That there, there is this, it's, it's all grey. It's all perspective, Um, which sounds really simple in theory, but you know, uh, learning that it has been, yeah, a a, a huge a huge thing for me. Uh, That's it's one changed. of the other
1: things that um, people say too, that it is so simple.
2: Yeah. It's almost a little the embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like
1: <whoa. laughs> When I really break it down, I'm like,
2: that's like what we did 10 weeks for. I think, Melissa, how how did you not know these things? But how are you meant to know? You know, like when you grow up in certain ways and you have certain programming and, and people are teaching you around you and that's all they know. Um Yeah,
0: you're standing how, how on the other you know? side, so it's easy to see that now, but not yeah, at the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the lenses and the filters and the you know, the agendas, it's all of those things that are in front, and front, in front, in front. And all we do in Zenith is just remove it all. But, you know, like Lara just said, you know, to week eight, where you think, you know, that wasn't even your agenda coming into Zenith to deal with your mum. And then you no. get to week eight and you're like, hang on a minute, I'm only just getting to the bottom of it. And it's like, Hey, <laughs> eight weeks ago, you didn't even want to get to the bottom of it. But, um, we, you know, we, If I had said to you in the get-go, hey, Mel, which I knew all along, but hey, Mel, um, at the root of all this, it's going to boil down to your mum and, (laughs) you know, we can do that now or we can do when it happens. That would have completely derailed your entire process. And in the end, when it gets to your mum in that eighth week, for example, did it have anything to do with your mum?
2: No. 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 (laughs) No, it didn't. She was just someone that was, uh, she was something that it was really easy for me to project onto, mm-hmm. you know. She was um, an opportunity. Oh, absolutely, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And there's no way you would have had that perspective until no. right when you're ready, right when you're ready.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if you had mm-hmm. have told me earlier I would have run like Roadrunner, you would never mm-hmm. would have seen me again. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you have lived a really, really interesting life and I'm privy to knowing a lot about that. And I'd love you to share as much as you, as you want to, but what makes it even more, you know, it just continues to get interesting, I guess, because you've mentioned a couple of times you live at a decommissioned jail that you've now converted into an Airbnb and a um, somewhat of a tourist um, and venue, event venue, um, but Earlier in this year, yeah, um, you decided to buy a church. Like, what yes. is wrong
2: with you? I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, you're right. So, so the jail that we live in is 155 years old, and it closed as a functioning prison in 1995, which is not very long ago. Wow! So it operated as a prison for 129 years which is pretty cool, and it was built like in frontier time, so it's like a really old limestone building and it's pretty colonial. Um, We moved down from the Gold Coast back home uh, in 2010 to run a business in here. It was my husband's idea, and and James is amazing in hospitality, and so he was like, let's go down or create accommodation, we'll do live music shows, functions, it'll be great. And I just said, yeah, okay, didn't really think much about it, Oh, my um, God. It sounds jail. really strange. <laughs> I know. But um, I just meant with it. It didn't bother me. I really wanted to come home. Um, I wanted to be back here and have more kids and raise my kids. But when we first moved in, so the jail's got obviously the big, big walls around it. And we actually live inside the jail. So we live on site 24 hours a day. And we live in this section of the jail, which is like the old warden's residence, where initially, In the late 1800s, the the keepers or the wardens would bring in their families and their wives and live in there while they were running the jail. So when we moved into that, it was really run down and there was a section of our bedroom that a bit of the skirting board had to be removed. And when that was removed, a tradie friend of ours found a bit of paper and he went to flick it and thankfully stopped and picked it up and pulled it out. And it was actually a Christmas card. So back in those days, they didn't open. It was just like a postcard. So on the front, it had this beautiful um, religious sort of picture. And on the back, it had a little girl's name that had my maiden name as her surname. So I thought, I have to take it to the um, historians and find out what it was. And long story short, it ends up being my great, um, my great, great grandfather and his wife raised their, I think they had 10 children in the same place that we lived. And he was a keeper of the jail, which we had no idea about.
1: Could um, spin out, it's amazing,
2: very, very strange. And he actually died in that house um, at sixty-three. He he got influenza and spinal meningitis, so he actually, yeah, died there as well. So we had no idea, and it was very strange. But. um. From that moment on, I realized this just was not my husband's journey. There was obviously something that I was meant to be doing here. And it sort of began a uh, if I'm honest, a real transformative journey of self-discovery for me. Um I finally felt like I was meant to be somewhere, even though that's so weird that it turns out that I'm meant to be in an old prison. <laughs> um <laughs> that discovery like really made me feel really strongly connected to the property and um. I guess from there, I just felt really compelled to like share her stories um, and her history with compassion and respect and, and just really um, try and create as well as creating a business and a great opportunity and um, unique experience for people. I just wanted also to, to share um, people's stories that had, that had been in here before, you know, with respect and honor that, that as well. So Yeah, it started us on a pretty strange journey, that is for sure.
0: That led to a church as well now.
2: That led to a church. So (laughs) uh, we've been here in the jail now for 11 years, which has just gone so fast. and um, COVID came and sort of changed everything for us, obviously. Not many people are moving around, and we just sort of... um, had some money sitting there we just weren't really sure what to do with it and this property 15 minutes away in a little tiny town called Glencoe started calling me and we just went looking so I just kept shutting realestate.com and just not doing anything about it and then um I think it was through Zenith Tracy that I just started saying I feel like it's, it's calling me in and went out and had a look at her and yeah we ended up uh, buying her from a local um, artist and She's a beautiful old building. She's about 111 years old, I think, and she's very different from the jail. She's very feminine and um, hopefully is going to be a great place for us to do lots of healing um, and, and a nice safe space for women of our community to go out and do retreats and stuff at. So it's a totally different um, vibe and a different feel for us, but, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's something totally different. It's nowhere near as masculine as the jail, which is nice.
0: Makes
1: sense. <laughs> that's very cool too. That you've now got that balance that's arrived for you too, because the feminine never needs to be loud and obtrusive and and obnoxiously big. Um, but um, it just sits there quietly doing what it's doing, and I love that for you. And so, mm-hmm. in everything that you've been through, especially since you wrote that email, um. Mm-hmm. In all the growth that you've experienced with COVID, with with everything that's happened just to you as a person, um, where are you at now in terms of your in in terms of what you feel like you're being called to do, or maybe you know, for lack of a better word, what you think one of your purpose um, points might be moving forward? Um,
2: I think the first thing that's uh, that's really been cemented for me is. There's been a huge perspective flip for me with my understanding um, of where I come from, and that I come from a really long line of survivors and entrepreneurs, and um, that's been a huge flip for me. Um, uh, to be able to sit and say that I'm grateful for my lineage and I'm grateful for where I come from and I'm grateful for the, to be handed on to my children is a total turnaround for me. Um, and I'm really proud of that and it, it makes me a little bit emotional and I feel really grateful that um, I get to be here and I've I've been able to understand that while I'm still living and I can do stuff about it. But, and I feel that that um, understanding or depth of understanding has also made me aware that I really want to help others and, and serve others by sharing some of my experiences of how, I was able to move away from the dysfunction and 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 poverty and and that sort of uh, a life, and then to be able to come out on the other side where I am and living the way I do um, with gratitude for where I've been. Um, I feel like that. I feel like my journey was obviously to be here and to unpack that all and to learn. But now I'm really looking forward in, in moving forward to helping others maybe transcend their trauma or, or their pain or in some way help others that are, are how you, going through. How, how are you going to do that? Um, well, I've got lots and lots of plans, but at the minute right now, I'm working really hard on finishing my website so I can share all my stories and my writings and tools and resources and stuff that I've used. Um, it's coming along, but um, that's my that's my initial goal. That that would be the priority for me at the moment. Mm. And
1: I've read some of your stories that you've written, um, and the way that you write um, stories heal, right? Like that's, yeah. that's something that we learn. Um, our stories heal us, but that gift that you have, specifically of being able to write, um, it's somewhat like poetic mixed with um I don't don't know I'm not a writer I don't know but it's it's got um it's beautiful and it's romantic but it's honest and it's real and it's all of the things that it needs to be and so are you thinking like you're gonna have a blog and everything so can can our listeners go head over and read
2: um hopefully by the time this goes up it will all be live and ready to go I um I did have a, a blog many years ago and i love sharing it and i got great feedback from people that they really related but it scared me that too many people were um reading it and and knowing my innermost feelings and stuff but um yeah no it's definitely i'm hoping it'll be up very very soon and um i'd love to engage with people and and hear what they think um i just feel like for me writing's always been something that's really therapeutic that i could step out of myself and um how I felt down into words. And I always felt really alone and that I was going through it on my own. When I started sharing my writing, I realized that there were so many of us going through such similar things and that we're all just quietly moving through it, you know, together. Trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was a lot of power in that understanding that, um, yeah, women see it, they hear it, they understand it and relate to it. So, I definitely feel called to to keep going.
1: In your uh, community down there in um, in Mount Gambier, you're already quite um, quite a public figure of sorts. In terms of you've got the local, you're, you know, you run the local jail and the Airbnb, and you are part of sporting clubs and those kinds of things. Um, and how how do you feel about um, you know just before we pressed? record before they were pressed record you know like this is this is sort of like my coming out yeah how do you how do you feel about that and what advice would you give if you have any um to people who are maybe just sort of a little bit afraid or yeah. um wondering if they should or not
2: yeah um I get called, just so everyone knows, my nickname in my town is like the jail lady. Like we'll be walking down. <laughs> I would have I would have said that at a guess, <laughs> the jail lady. <laughs> I'll be walking in coals or something and people will be saying, that's the lady from the jail. It's like, how, <laughs> how did this become my life? It's so strange. Um, but yeah, there's always, when I first moved back to my hometown, I had great, um, hesitation and I was I was quite fearful actually of any media attention or anyone um coming in to see what we were doing I I grew up really privately and um our family uh business was sometimes put in the paper and so I, I really grew up in um a family where uh if you got too much attention you were like a little bit too big for your boots And uh, it's sort of a tall poppy thing. So I was really against it, really reserved. And I remember the first time I was interviewed, I just ran out the door. Like they put the microphone in front of me and I just left. And my poor husband had to just come in and take over. I just wasn't um, prepared to do it. Who do
1: you think you are? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. So um, I I came back. uh, It wasn't long, though, to be honest, Tracy, that I um, realized really quickly that, I had the chip on my shoulder that, um, you know, it was my perception of how people perceived me. It was, it was generally my perception of, of everything really. Um, you were the judgiest of judges. I was the judgiest of judges. And I would assume that everyone that was talking about me was being the judgiest that they could be. Um, but it's not really the case. So to people would be just to take one step in front of the other Um, because at the end of the day as soon as you are following your truth and and doing what you're meant to do everything else will just fall away and I really um, I appreciate through Zenith um, the more things started to, to, to land with me and the more I started to understand what I was meant to be doing and who I am those sorts of people drop away and and not in bad ways or anything that's you know tumultuous but they just disappear and and you end up with this group around you that um just get you and understand you and you don't have to spend your time uh, explaining who you are or what you want to do they're just really supportive and they get it and um i I've, I've never had that that that's a very new um thing for me so um now, when I walk around my community and, and are often recognized or people assume that they know who I am or what I do, it, it's a totally different feeling. It's a feeling of um, gratefulness that I have this small community that are so loving towards us. They're so appreciative. They're so supportive. Um, it's a flip. It, it, again, it's that perspective flip of, you know, how fortunate and especially with COVID and everything that's going on. Uh, living in small communities where, you know, people are open to you, even if you are different, even if you live in a jail and you do odd (laughs) things, um, you know, it's pretty special. So I would just say do it, you know, like I'm the biggest scaredy cat of them all, but um, I just think the more you try, the more you step into what you want to do, the less scared you become and the more excited uh, you are. So that's been my experience.
1: And when you just said, you know, the people drop away and you find the people, you know, and that you've never had that before. That's the other thing too, you know, because you the people drop away, they're still there, but they just don't trigger you anymore because you've learned the lesson. And so now you're stepping into the lesson of receiving what you're worth and receiving what's for your highest good. And that is people who love you and people who care about you and people who want to see you shine and thrive. And that makes it so much easier and more graceful to continue to take that step by step. Absolutely. And and I think um,
2: as soon as I got rid of that chip on my shoulder, it allowed me to love those people and appreciate those people in a much deeper way. So even if we're not in each other's lives and we're we're a little bit distanced now, there's a, a much different acceptance from me to them as well, which, you know, um, changes the relationship again. So yeah it's it's yeah it's all good
1: (laughs) so all right what else did you plan to say was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or mention or you know divulge while you had your chance
2: I don't think so I'll probably hear it back and think that there was 20 things but no (laughs) I'm just
1: grateful for the opportunity and
2: I really just, um, if I can advertise to anybody or um, encourage anybody just to look at spiritual alignment or zenith with you, anyone that's on the fence that are thinking about putting their toes in, um, I'm more than happy to put my hands up and say go for it. Like it was just, yeah, for 10 weeks of your life to have such a change and to be able to dig so deep, I've just never seen anything like it. And, um, yeah, I'm super grateful.
1: Mm. Well, I hope that you're proud of yourself and I hope you know how how amazing you are because you know I've done it and I continue to walk the path and it is a choice every day and it's not easy but I'm really glad that you um that you did it for yourself and I'm really glad that you found the light our light um and that you're here today to to you know, turn around and spread the light back and be a lighthouse of of sorts, because this is, this is what everyone gets to have. They've just got to, they just got to choose and 10 weeks really, or, you know, even if it's not with me, it's with someone else. But when you, when you decide to look through that spiritual lens, it can really change the course of your life very, very quickly. Absolutely. And I feel like,
2: Um, I get asked often, like, would you change anything in your life? And I can quite honestly say no. Like all that trauma, all those years of of chaos um, have just given me so many experiences that I can now share with my children, with other people around me. And if I can use all those experiences to help others navigate their path why would I change anything you know like it's I, I feel like it's a real gift and I know that sounds quite strange but um I don't regret anything I'm, I'm very grateful for all the trauma and everything that happened mm.
1: I have one final question for you yes if you could have done it sooner would you have I have thought about that I
2: don't think so I I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of me that want to have everything done. I've got all these plans and I think I could have been so far ahead. But the other part of me steps in and and understands divine timing and I needed it all to happen the way that it did. You know, I'd been chasing my family lineage and and questions for so long and then they popped all up through Zenith. Like everything just sort of come together in the exact, you you couldn't plan it better, you know, as a human if you tried to. So um, that's been a really tricky lesson for me is to learn patience and to just breathe and let things unfold. I like to push to the end and know what's going on. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, Good. It's a good answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like I kind of really wish that I'd had this grace and ease earlier, but I know why I couldn't have and I'm totally at peace with that. That's how I kind of feel after it. Yeah. I also
2: have moments where I remember how it felt to live in trauma and how I live now. And I just am so grateful for the grace and the ease and the space and and how I live. Mm. Like, you know, I never even thought that was a thing that you could wake up and not be consumed with stress and panic. And to be able to live that way now, like, yeah, it's absolutely amazing.
1: I'm so happy for you. I'm so I I feel so blessed and privileged that um I got to be a part of your journey. So, with that being said, Mel Stevenson, thank you so much for coming on and being brave and coming out of the closet and um I know that all of our listeners will really appreciate your vulnerability um and um just your honesty as well in terms of um what it's like to you know, there are people that don't have um, anywhere near as relative trauma as to what you had in your life um, or even my own, um, but it's all relative. Um, And if you can do it, anybody can. Yeah. Uh, And and hats off to you for for coming on and talking about it.
2: Thank you. Thank you both for having me. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Thanks so much for sharing and just hearing about your process from when you first started and to where you are now, it's amazing.
1: Thank you. And we are going to now end this one and go on to record for Turns Out It's Haunted. So for our listeners, next week, Monday, um, get on it because it's going to be fun. Thanks, Mel.
0: And Thank thanks you. all our listeners for tuning in. We'll talk
1: to you next week. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at TOSpsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at psychic, and over on Facebook at TOSpsychic.